Welcome to Insights for Believers audio podcast. We believe the message you are about to receive from the Word of God today will ignite your faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ and His love for you. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me on Insights for Believers this week. Um, it's been a couple of weeks away, and uh, that's that's just purely down to the fact that we have been quite busy with the launch of our church, Believer's House, here in Amont Plains, Nova Scotia. And um, I, I, I really didn't realize how quickly Sundays come, <laughs> you know. It's almost like the moment you shut your, your eyes after one Sunday, the next Sunday is on its way, and it's been, it's been back to back for us, and we're, we're, we're trying to get used to that. Uh, but we thank God for it. We thank God for the season that we're in, and a lot of great things have been, have been happening and uh, from from just looking at the analytics on our podcast here, I I, I realize that there's there's quite a different audience here than there is that listens to um, the the Believers House audio podcast. So just to keep you guys up to date, you know, and if you haven't you know heard about that that podcast, you should you should totally check it out. Uh, every message that I preach on. On Sundays at our church, you know, either online or in person, uh, they, they usually go to that podcast. So you can catch up on all of the messages that we've shared there and what's going on. Uh, right now, I'm actually sitting in, in my office uh, in, in our church here, uh, the church facility that God has, has blessed us with, our worship center. And last Sunday, we were able to meet here in person, of course, socially distanced and all of that, where it's not a lot of us right now. So, you know, we had a lot of space, you know, to work with, and it was it was a lot of fun. We we also have that on on YouTube for you to 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 see and and watch. So, yeah, that's what's been going on here, and um, we are taking one step at a time. We're we're trusting God every step of the way. We're trying not to rush ourselves, you know, in any way. But we're grateful for every little bit of progress, you know, that we make with that. So. I uh, just wanted to keep you guys up to date. You can follow all of our social media channels um, at Believers House H. You would find on on most major social media platforms. You would find that, and you can keep it, keep up to date. You know, with what's going on with the launch of our church. The official launch is still in April. Uh, it will be on Easter Sunday in April. But we're, we're we're just trying to do you know the little things that we can do. And um, later on, uh, later on to today, if you're listening to this on Saturday, uh, later on tonight, we're going to be meeting uh, in the auditorium here to pray. And we're, we're doing that, you know, till our lunch, our lunch day, actually. So we're going to be praying every Saturday night at 7 p.m., you know, just to to lay proper foundations in prayer as we prepare, you know, for, for the launch. So if you know anyone who's local, who's in Halifax, uh, in, in Halifax, Bedford, Sackville, you know, all of that area there. We're actually in Amon's Plains, uh, right on Amon's Plains Road on, at, at 1555 Lucasville Road. So if you know anyone who's local, you know, who's, who's, who doesn't have a church home uh, that they're committed to or they're, that they, are, they already belong to and are serving in, you can definitely recommend us to, to them, all right? So, yep, so I'm, I'm glad to be, to be here. Hopefully, 
uh, we can try to find a system around this now that I have a decent space that I can come to, you know, and uh, hide out and, and record this. I will try to, you know, find a structure around it where I can do this more consistently, just like we've done with, you know, the YouTube channel, for instance, that we've been quite consistent with, you know, putting out videos every single week. So uh, we'll try to find a way around that. All right. So let's just uh, say a word of prayer and we will get into what we want to talk about today. Lord, we approach your word uh, today again like people that have found a great treasure. I ask, Lord, that you would, you would speak through my lips and think through my mind. I ask, Lord, that as your people listen, that you would give them ears that hear your voice and hearts that understand who we are in you and who you are in us. Uh, and I ask that at the end of this message, your people will be edified and your name alone will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I would have asked you to open your Bibles, but uh, I know you're probably driving, you know, or, or jogging or taking a walk or something. So I'm not going to ask you to do that. Uh, um, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, and I just want to touch on something here that um, I believe is, is very important in our walk uh, with, with God as Christians, and in our, especially not just our walk with God, but our walk with other Christians. And, and that is, that is ex, uh, extremely, extremely essential. And I'm calling this our love walk, W-A-L-K, our love walk. And, and uh, we need to begin to understand that um, or remind ourselves, as the case may be, that as Christians, um, uh, we are either walking in love or we are not. And, uh, it's one of, the, one of those two. There's no middle ground when it comes to what we have been asked to do as Christians, we have been asked to walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5, from verse 1 to verse 2, the Bible says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear, Christ, as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So the Bible is saying we should be imitators of God. We should imitate God as their children. So at any given point in time, we are either imitating God or we are imitating the world. It's one of the two. So at every point in time as Christians, we are either imitating God by walking in love or imitating the world by walking out of love. So there is a love walk that we have been called to walk. There's a love walk that we have been called to live. And uh, love is, is a lifestyle, just like Faith is a lifestyle, you know, it's the way that we live our lives as Christians. And, and as I was saying, uh, for, for, for some of us, uh, we, we, we may have lost sight of the fact that our primary assignment as Christians is to love God and love other people. Yeah, that's what we've been called to do. That's the whole essence of, of, you know, why Jesus came to die is to reconcile uh, man unto God and he has committed unto us, the Bible says, a ministry of reconciliation, you know, where we are supposed to extend the love of God to other, other people, right, and draw them closer to God through the love of God. So love is our assignment. That's what we have been asked to do. And the Bible describes this as a walk, as, as, uh, it says walk in love. So that love walk is, is a scriptural thing. It's something that the Bible says we have to do. And we have to do it as Christ also has loved us. And how did he do this? He did this by giving himself for us. So that's what we have been called to as Christians, to give ourselves 
for other people, to, to give ourselves for other people, especially those that are of the household of faith, especially those that are of the household of faith. Uh, so the love walk is actually the foundation of our Christian walk. It's the, it's the foundation of our Christian faith. There is no Christianity without love walk. There's no Christianity without love walk. And this is, this is something that it's called uh, walking in love because it is something that you have to do. It's something that you have to do. You, it's not something that happens automatically. It's something that you have to be, be conscious of and prayerfully remind yourself that this is what we have been called to, to express that love of God. Uh, because he first loved us, we are to express that love now uh, both to God and to other people. You know, as believers, we are called to walk in love just the same way uh, that, that Jesus Christ loved us. And I'm going to show you a few scriptures. Uh, this is what I'm going to try to do, just to show you a few scriptures and, you know, talk, talk about those scriptures. Uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, in verse, from verse 30 to 32, here's what it says. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And then he says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Even as God in Christ forgave you. And you see this over and over again. He keeps saying the way Jesus loved us is the way we're supposed to love. The way God forgave us is the way we're supposed to forgive. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. So that is the way we are supposed to love other people. We, we, we were enemies of God. We were, we were, because of sin, we had been alienated from God. But God loved us still. So, in other words, we are supposed to um, extend advanced forgiveness to other people. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we have been called to do. Uh, we are called to forgive other people in advance, just the same way Christ forgave us. Uh, this is just something that I want, I want to, I don't know, you know, what's, what's going on in your life right now and what you're dealing with, but this is, this is just the message that has been on my heart that I believe that we need to continue to put in perspective even though this has been a rough year for a lot of people, um, a lot of people have been offended by a lot of things this year. Uh, but we, we need to remember that this is what we have been called to do. We cannot be bitter at anybody. We cannot be um, envious of anybody. Envy is not in our bloodline as Christians. Envy is not in our bloodline. Um, and and uh, jealousy is different from envy. You know, jealousy is, is something that you extend towards... Um, Something that you, you are jealous over someone because you have a right to that person. Uh -huh, that's jealousy. Jealousy is, is, that's why the Bible can say that God is a jealous God. You know, maybe we'll talk about that some other time. But that's jealousy. Jealousy is over something you have a right to. But envy um, is towards someone else for something or an advantage that they have that you don't have. That's envy. That, that, that's, that's not, it's not in our bloodline. It doesn't exist anywhere in Christianity. You know, we are not supposed to be envious of other people because maybe they are making, you know, progress in their lives. And, you, you know, we don't feel like we are making satisfactory progress and we start to envy them. You know, we start to, we start to in our hearts, harbor ill will. And, and you know, we, we allow thoughts to, to stay in our minds that are not pure towards other people. 
this is not in our bloodline as Christians. This is not what we have been called to do. We have been called to a life of love. We've been called to a life of love. James chapter 3, verse 16. Here's what it says. It says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every, every evil thing are there. Where envy and self-seeking exist. So when you, you are envying other people and you're always thinking just about yourself, you know, so as the, as, as the year is coming to, to a close, I want you to begin to think of things that you can do deliberately to love on other people. Things that you can do deliberately that will impact people beyond your own immediate family. You know, and begin to deliberately think about, about those things and, and put you know, in, uh, plans in place to in, implement some things. You know, there, there's got to be someone or some people, you know, that you can extend the love of God to, you know, as, the, as this festive season comes along. Uh, there's so many people that, are, that don't have the same kind of, you might think the year has been tough for you, but trust me, there are people that every year is tough for them. It's not just because of COVID, it's just because every year is tough for them because of the, the situation uh, or the circumstances that they found themselves in. And we need to extend the love of God. And beyond that, uh, like I said, especially towards other believers, whether or not they are, they are part of your denomination, whether or not they believe the same things you believe in terms of doctrine, as long as they believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who came, died, and was raised again for our justification, right? They are our brothers, they are our sisters, and we have to love on them, uh, just as the Bible commands us. We are to go after one another in love. We are to go after one another in love. Uh, I like the story in Matthew chapter 18, and this is a story that, that we, we know very well, where Jesus was speaking, and he said, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Between you and him alone. This is one thing that we need to start to you know, bring back into our, our consciousness, that uh, social media is not the place to vent when someone offends you in private. Uh, you need to go to the person. You know, if, so if you see that, so and this, this generation that, you know, just wants to use social media as an escape to, to say things that they can't say to people if they see them, uh, it's not something that we should embrace as Christians. We cannot be part of that generation. Uh, you, you have to be able to have difficult conversations. If somebody offends you, right? Go to that person. Instead of, you know, throwing a subliminal message on social media, go to the fellow and tell them. That's what the Bible, that's what Jesus said. If your brother sins against you, especially if this person is a brother in Christ, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. That's the first thing. Then he says, if he hears you, in other words, if he listens to you, then you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, follow this story now. He says, if you will, if you will not hear, Take with you one or two more people that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So he says, go alone first. If he doesn't listen to you, take one or two other people and go, you know, and try that. And then he says, if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. So he says, after you have gone alone and you have gone with, you know, two other people, if he still wouldn't listen, then go and tell it to the church. All right? And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Then he says, if he refuses even to hear the church, uh, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Now, and this is where many people get stuck. 
with this scripture. And I believe I've explained it here in a message that I preached, and it, it's on the, on the podcast here, uh, that this scripture, uh, when it says, let him be to you like a heathen, in other words, if you've tried uh, the first step, you've tried the second step, it doesn't work out, and he refuses to hear you, and you try the church, he still doesn't hear the church, let him be to you as a heathen and a tax collector. Uh, what Jesus was saying was not that you should stop trying. Uh, when he says, treat him like a heathen and a tax collector, this is one of those scriptures where, you know, you know, Jesus said a lot of things in, in, in scripture. And the things that he explained were things that the disciples asked him to explain. Uh, there were other things that he said that nobody asked him to explain. That he, and he was very good at throwing parables, <laughs> you know. He, he said most of the things he said were in parables. So there are some of the things that Jesus said that there were statements that if the disciples, you know, just like when Jesus was talking about, you know, how it is difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, and he said uh, it's easier for the, for the camel to go through the eye of the needle and all of that, and the disciples were amazed, and they were like, okay, who then can make heaven? Then Jesus had to clarify that statement because they asked. He had to clarify it to make it, to make it clear that he was talking about somebody whose money has him. Uh-huh. So somebody who is, who is tied to his wealth, that is the person. That when, because he said with, with, with men, this thing is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So he clarified some things that he was asked to clarify. This particular statement, he wasn't asked to clarify it. So I believe that it is a coded statement. Because if you look at all the other things that, that Jesus said and, and, and did as regards heathens and tax collectors, you would understand what he's saying. So he wasn't saying... Don't try anymore. If you have, you've, you've taken it to the church and he refuses to hear the church, he says, let him be to you. Let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So how would you treat a heathen and a tax collector? Let him be to you. So if, if this person was a heathen and a tax collector, how would you treat him? Right? That's what Jesus was saying. So treat him the way you would treat a heathen and a tax collector. And the way Jesus taught his disciples to treat the heathen and the tax collector in action was not the way the Pharisees treated them. Uh-huh. Jesus took a different route. Jesus went after them. The Bible says he was, he was eating with them. He was known with the heathens and the tax collectors. He was eating with them. This Matthew who wrote this, you know, was a tax collector. So that's what Jesus was implying here, that you should consider the fact that maybe this person is not even saved yet. So treat him like a heathen and a tax collector. Maybe he's not even a Christian yet. If he can't listen to the church, um, you probably need to go back and start praying for his salvation <laughs> to even start with. Okay? So it's, it wasn't saying, you know, don't relate with him anymore or don't talk to him anymore or you've done your best and that's the end. No. He was saying, approach it as though this person needs to be converted. You know, so if you're going to, if you ordinarily, if you would pray for an unbeliever, that's what you should do. If you are, you know, if you, whatever you would do to, to bring a heathen and a tax collector into the fold, that's what you should do. So that's what I believe that this scripture is saying. Uh, and, and he's not saying we should, you know, we should throw those people away and just neglect them. So treat them like someone that you need to start praying about, you know, for them to get saved. So we have to always go after people. And I know this is, this is, this is not um, the easiest thing to do. This is not something that is, is, is nice on the flesh. The flesh, 
when, especially when we have justifiable reasons to be angry at people, you know, the flesh just wants to hold on to that, to say, you know what, for this which thou hast done, I shall no longer speak to thee. End of story. <laughs> you know, that's what the flesh wants to do. The flesh is upset about that. And, and, and I know that there are some offenses that are really, really big, that are not just, you know, little things that people do, you know, by the way that you can just easily forget. I know that there are some things that people would do to you that would hurt you deeply. And you feel like, you know, I don't think I need this stress in my life, you know. But we have to understand that we have been called to a higher life. It's called a higher life. It's not the life of strife. It's not the life of envy or, or bitterness. It's a life where people look at you and because of the love that you have, you know, towards one another, like I was, I was preaching on Sunday here, um, because of that love that you have towards one another, people would know that you are my disciples. That's what Jesus told the disciples. So that's, that's what's supposed to be our trademark. And speaking of love, if you, if you, of course, you know 1 Corinthians 13, you know, that's scripture about, about love. But you need to understand that 1 Corinthians 13 uh, flowed all the way from 12. So if we, if we look at it from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from around uh, verse 27, and read it down, because, of course, the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses. You know, we put chapters and verses there for reference purposes so that we can refer to certain parts of the Bible and find things easily. That's why, you know, chapters and verses were introduced, you know, but originally it wasn't written like that. So we need to read it together sometimes. Now, if you look at it from verse 27, let me read it to you so that you will see how it flows into that great love chapter that we all know. It started by talking about, about you know, certain gifts and things that, you know, that have been given to the body of Christ. It says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles. Then, gifts of healings. Helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Then it says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire the best gifts. And we have, we have, we have almost like stopped here, you know, and quoted this a, a lot. This one line that says, earnestly desire the best gifts. And, and the Bible does say that. But it continues. It says, and yet, I will show you a more excellent way. After he had said, earnestly desire the best gifts, then he says, and yet... I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So after he talked about all of these gifts that are given to the body of Christ, and he says, earnestly desire the best gifts, he now says, yet I will show you a more excellent way. It's almost like saying, I will show you a better way to get, to get those best gifts. Right? That's, 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 that's exactly what he's trying to communicate here. That I, I, you should desire the best gift, but let me show you a more excellent way, a better approach to it. So, the more excellent way is to desire the best gift is to walk in love. Because it says, I can give my body to be burned, 
and I have not love, it profits me nothing. Imagine, so somebody can actually be giving, and, and it's not really, you know, out of love. You can give yourself to be burned, but it's not really, you know, coming from a place of, of love, which is the love of God has come, has been shared abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, and that love is flowing out of you. It, it's with other different motives. So this is extremely important. And this is one of the reasons why we don't measure spiritual growth by spiritual gifts. Let me just say that again so that it sinks in and marinates a bit better. We don't measure spiritual growth by spiritual gifts. That is not the measure of spiritual growth. I know that on the outside, it's easier to think that someone who is exhibiting spiritual gifts, you know, gifts of healings, working of miracles, doing all those things, it's easier to your, your mind to think that this person must be more spiritual than an, uh, an ordinary you know, fellow who is just you know, sitting in the, in the crowd and just living his life you know, without any, any noise or anything. You want to think that that person who is displaying spiritual gifts is more spiritual or, or more mature, as it were, uh, than the guy who just comes to church and you know, maybe cleans the, the washrooms and goes home. Right? But the truth of the matter is we need to look at the Bible as the measure of certain things, not popular opinion, not what has become the norm. We have to look back at Scripture to see what the Bible says about certain things. This is extremely important. Now, spiritual gifts are exactly that. They are spiritual gifts. They are not things that... It's, it's almost like as the festive period is coming now, I give somebody a gift for Christmas. It's not because they deserve it. It's not because they've done anything. It's a gift. That's what it is. So when God wants to do something, like we said on Sunday, if God wants to do something on the earth uh, among a group of believers, he is going to look for individuals among that group of believers and give them gifts for the benefit of the body. So gifts are not... Uh, for the benefit of the individual who has the gifts. It's for the benefit of the body of Christ. So if you have a gift as a pastor, for instance, you have a gift of, of, of teaching, right? Th- that gift is not for your personal use. What, what is the use for my, 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 my teaching gift? Is it to come and, and speak to myself? <laughs> you know, it's for the edification of the body or for the believers that God, God is sending our way. That is what the gift is meant for. It's the same thing, gift of healing. It's for you to be able to pray for people and they get healed. And, and the works of, the, of darkness are destroyed. That's what it's for. So it's, it's a gift. It's not based on your merit or the fact that you have done anything to deserve that. So you can't measure your spiritual growth by that. How then do you measure your spiritual growth? By something called the fruit of the Spirit. So we don't measure spiritual growth by spiritual gifts, but by the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22. And I'm going to tie this up with this. Um, Galatians 5 from verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. So out of love now comes all these other things. Joy, peace. Notice it didn't say fruits of the Spirit because sometimes people read that and see love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, because there's so many of these things, they think the Bible says the fruits of the Spirit is all this. No, no, no. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's one. 
one thing, love. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. Then out of that now comes all of these things. Just like the way the Bible says that, you know, out of, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, it's, 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 it's similar in that way, that when, when somebody's heart is full of, you know, um, uh, deceit and all of these things, it's because the heart is desperately wicked, like the Bible says. Out of that proceeds all those, you know, other evil things. Uh, so once there is love in somebody's heart and in someone's life, Joy comes, peace, long-suffering, kindness, you know, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's why in First Corinthians 13, he explains all of those things. Love is patient. Love is kind. You know, it, it doesn't envy. It does not boast. It doesn't do this. That is love. That's, those are the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit called love. All right? So that is how we measure someone who, who is spiritually mature. It's not by uh, the gifts or that the, person, that the person is displaying. It's not by how many scriptures someone can quote. It's, it, that's not the measure of spiritual growth. It's not by how many churches even that they have planted. If in the process of planting those churches, the motive has not been right, um, you, you can't measure their spiritual growth by that. If some, some, some fruit of the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, is missing inside their heart and, and some of the attributes of love are not seen in their lives, they had better check it out, you know. So and we can't we can't just you know keep going and get carried away with activities and forget what the real thing is. So I'm going to try to, to wrap it up here for today, uh, and maybe next week I will talk about a few more things uh, that, the, that the Bible describes when it comes to these things, um, and and these are things that are that are extremely important. It says against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It says those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. He didn't say Jesus crucified the flesh for them on the cross. He says the people who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They did that. They crucified the flesh. So if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So walking in love is not a sign of weakness for us. It's a sign of strength. It's a sign of strength because it is the wisdom of God. People may not understand it. It may look foolish, but we know that we are refusing to give place to the devil. That's what we do when we, we choose to walk in love. When somebody does something to you and you choose not to retaliate, you choose not to respond in the way that you are expected to respond, uh, it might look foolish to the world, but trust me, you are displaying greater strength. Uh, you are displaying greater strength and you are refusing to give place to the devil. Because Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So I'm, I'm just going to wrap it up here today. I, I, I hope this was a blessing to you. Uh, just take some time, meditate on the scriptures that, that we've shared, and, and, and pray about this. You know, uh, um, after this, just take a moment and just talk to God about it and, and, and ask God uh, to give you a heart that is sensitive, that is sensitive you know, in, in this way, that, 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 that your love work be renewed. Uh, that if this is something that has died off in your heart, that is something that, that is renewed in you uh, once again. Uh, because this is the, the hallmark of Christianity. This is what Christianity is all about. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I will be back next week, by the grace of God, next week Saturday at 12 noon, I, um, uh, Atlantic Standard Time here 
in in Halifax, I would have that. Um, that I'll, con I'll I'll try to continue this and just touch on a few other scriptures uh, that the Bible speaks about when it comes to our love work. Uh, so I'll leave you with that. Lord, we thank you for today's uh, message, and we ask by the power of your Spirit that you establish us in in this love work and in all righteousness. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week. listening to Insights for Believers today. For more information or to send us questions, testimony, and feedback, please visit us at www.insightsforbelievers.org. Be blessed today and we'll see you again soon.